Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. It's so good to, to be back with you this this morning, we're, uh, I'm starting a, a little, I believe it'll just be this week and next week, a little short series, and, and, and I'm calling it We Got Next. We Got Next. Now, if, you, if you're new to Faith for Life, you, you, gotta know, uh, some, you gotta know something about us, and, and that's this. Those of you who've been here, you know this. It's that for you to really understand everything that God's gonna say here at Faith for Life, you gotta know a little bit about sports. Or at least you gotta be able to use Google to figure out some things about sports. It's just, it's just the way God uses me. It's just kind of what I know. And, and um, I know sports in the Bible. And I'm trying to learn my wife. And I'm still working on that one. Um, but, but, but this idea of we got next, it comes from really basketball. I grew up playing basketball. And, and, and I'll never forget this when I first moved here, I actually went to a rec center really close to here, and I didn't know anybody here, and so if I go into a gym and they're already playing, meaning they got 10 guys and they're already playing, and there's guys waiting on the side waiting to play next, so normally the way that this happens is you go in, you find out who's got next, so you can either try to play on their team, or you can get next after them so you can play the game. That's why you came to the gym, right? And so I go, and, and y'all can tell, like if I walk into a gym and there's a bunch of guys playing, nobody is like, hey, I want that guy. Like nobody's doing that. Nobody's like, as soon as I walk in, like, hey man, get your stuff ready. Like I want you to play with me next. It never, it never, never, ever happens. Never happened in my life. So I walk in and there's a whole bunch of guys in there and I'm like, hey, who's got next? And they're like, oh, that guy over there's got next. So I go over to him like, hey man, you have all of your team. He's like, yeah, I got all my team. I was like, who's got next after you? And he goes, oh, that guy over there. So now I go over here and I'm like, hey man, do you have all of your team? He's like, yeah, I got all of my team. I was like, who's got next after you? I did this eight times. Eight times, and then the eighth guy was like, yeah, nobody's got after me. I'm the last one. I'm like, okay, cool. I got after you. I was about to have to wait nine games to play. Now, I'm too old to wait nine games. Like, I'm gonna get tired, and then I'm gonna get stiff again by the time nine games. Like, I, I, nine games, I'm not even gonna be there that long. I can't, I have three little kids. I can't be at the gym waiting nine games before I even play. So I'm like, all right, well, I at least gotta get next. I got next after nine games. So I'll go over to the, there's another court. I go over there and I start shooting. And the game that was playing when I got there, it finished. And all of a sudden this guy comes running over to the other court and he's like, hey man, hey, uh, do you want to play next with us? Now this was the guy that I talked to first, that when I went in the gym, he had next. And I was like, hold on man, I thought you already had your five. He was like, yeah, no, I didn't have my five, but I saw you shooting over there, and do you want to play with us next? <laughs> I was like, I really didn't want to. Like, I really wanted to be like, no, I'm not playing with you. And then I thought, if I do that, I got to wait eight more games. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, I'll play. I'll play. It's cool. I'll play. So I go in, and, and, and I play, and we, we had next, and we played, and I love it because, again, not only do they not pick me, but whenever I go in and play, if nobody knows me in the gym, they always put the worst defender on me. So, like, the guy who, like, doesn't even know where I am and is, like, just, I don't even, like, he's on offense and they should be on defense. Like, that's the guy they put on me. So, I, I get to not only get in, but then I get to just stand there and shoot. Now, listen, I'm not, 
very good anymore, but if you let me just stand there and shoot, it's gonna be a fun day for me. And so we got next and then we played and we won, we won several games in a row and man, it was so awesome and it's kind of the picture of what happens whenever I go to a gym for the first time. But it's not really what we're talking about today, but we're talking about getting next. I believe that right now, is the time, like this is the time, this is the season right now where as believers, we got next. Where, where as believers, there's a game going on and, 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 and it's about to be over, it may actually be over and, and, and it's our time to get next. It's our time to get in the game, not only get in the game, but win the game, succeed in the game. It is our time right now in this moment to have next. And we're gonna start this little two-week series looking at five things we can learn from the disciples when they had next. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Uh, Jesus here has, he's already lived his life He's already lived his sinless life. He's already died on the cross. He's already risen again from the dead. He's actually, I love Luke 24. Um, There's right before what we're gonna read here, Jesus is with the disciples and he's like, hey, look at my hands, look at my feet. You know, clearly showing them the holes still there, which there's a whole nother message in that. Jesus is resurrected and obviously he's healed because he died and now he's alive, which means he was healed. That, that, you know, his, his holes in his hands and his feet, they weren't healed, that they remained, that Jesus kept the scars, not because he had to, but because he chose to. He kept some of the scars of what happened to him. And you know why he kept the scars? In part to prove to Thomas that that our scars, our holes, we, we try to hide them, we try to get rid of them, but actually, if we'll allow God to, he'll use them to help Thomas's. Jesus is showing him his hands and his feet. And, and then I love this because Jesus is, Jesus is the man. If y'all don't know this, like Jesus is the man. Sometimes y'all, you know, we put Jesus like in this, in this holy atmosphere, which he absolutely is completely holy, but like Jesus is the man at the same time. And sometimes we make Jesus a little too feminine. I know y'all don't like to say that, but, but Jesus is the man. Jesus is like, listen, there's like these moments where like, why did you doubt and look at my hands and touch me and see and, and all of this and, and there's still like not sure and then Jesus says have you anything here to eat <laughs> if that's not a man's response like we're right in the middle of church like it's eleven twenty-four, and some of y'all are like hey we got anything else to eat okay maybe that's just the men I know and Jesus is like y'all got anything to eat then they they, they have a little fish fry and, and they eat. And then Jesus gets back to the seriousness and, and, and the spiritual and the righteousness of what's happened. I wanna start in verse 44 of Luke chapter 24. It says, then he, being Jesus, said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Now, let me start right here. This is the first thing that we can learn about the disciples when the disciples were about to get next. See, the disciples had really been on the sidelines. They had just been following Jesus. They, they had been just going wherever Jesus went, letting Jesus do the miracles, letting Jesus do the work. Um, and Jesus kind of pushed them out there at times, but really this was Jesus' show. Now Jesus has died, he's resurrected, but we know he's about to go back to heaven and they're gonna, they're gonna be in the game. They have next. And Jesus, in this, in this uh, as he's talking to them about this, as he's preparing them for this, the first thing he says is, 
remember all the stuff, remember the words that I spoke to you while I was still with you? Remember all of that? Remember your preparation time? See, see, for all of us to have next and to get in the game and to succeed, we have to have some preparation time. Jesus here is reminding them of their preparation time. Remember all those years, those three years where I was teaching you, where I was showing you, where we would go there and go here and you'd see this happen and you'd see that happen? Remember all of that? You can't forget your preparation time when it's time to get in the game. See, when, I, when I'm coming to a gym and nobody wants to pick the five foot nothing, 100 nothing pound, I'm keeping the 100 nothing pound, by the way, white guy in the gym, like nobody wants that guy on their team. I, it is only my preparation that allows me to succeed whenever I get next. If, if, when I go to the gym, if it's the first time I've ever played basketball, I am not gonna succeed whenever I get next. First of all, I'm not gonna have next for a long time, but then I'm not going to succeed. The only way that I'm able to succeed is because of what I've done before that moment, not what I'm really doing in that moment. It's the preparation time. So what does that look like for us as believers? What does this preparation time look like for us? It looks like learning how to be consistent in studying your Bible, reading the words of Jesus, understanding the words of Jesus. It looks like learning how to have a prayer life, not just prayer moments and prayer times, but a prayer life. It's the acquired knowledge of talking to God. Not acquired knowledge, acquired taste of talking to God and learning to hear from God and learning how to hear God's voice. It's it's the willingness and the ability to, to humble yourself and disconnect from everything that's going on around you and just worship him and praise him and be in his presence. Our preparation time is all about prep presence time. It's all about being in God's presence. And y'all know how it is. Our oldest is 11, and, and he's at an age where now, you know, there's times where we might go 30 minutes in a car or wherever, and like we don't say anything to each other. But it's awesome. You know, like, like we're, we're, we're connected. We're in each other's presence. We're just hanging out. We're comfortable. We don't have to try to talk. We don't, it's just, it's just, it's, maybe it's a guy thing, but it's just, it's great. And sometimes we gotta learn how to do that with God. Or quiet yourself and just sit in his presence. And if you've never done that or you haven't developed that, then that sounds really boring <laughs> That sounds like I don't want any part of that. But if you will continually seek him and sit in his presence, it may not feel good the first time, it may not be great the second time, but there comes a point where like, man, you, 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 you yearn for that, you want that because it's so peaceful, it's so fulfilling, it's so joyful. Our preparation time is time in God's presence. And for many of us, we have been doing that. We've spent, invested time in God's presence. And the only way that preparation time is not wasted time is if preparation time doesn't turn into for all time. Meaning at some point, your preparation time needs to produce some action. At some point, you can't just sit on the side and say, I got next. At some point, you gotta get in the game and play the game. Otherwise, the preparation time is wasted. 
It is wasted if you continue to learn and you memorize this Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but you never love your neighbor and you never make disciples and you never learn to hear God's voice and you never, you, you never do the things that he's asked you to do. Well, congratulations on memorizing the scriptures. But that's not the point. Preparation time is not the point. Preparation time leads us to getting in the game and succeeding in the game. Jesus goes on in verse 45 and says, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Now, I love this because he just said like these words that I've talked to you, that I've taught you, that, I, that, that like these are the scriptures. You, you know, um, we, we've talked about this many times here. Jesus would have a crowd and he'd just tell them a story and he would not explain it to them at all. But then he'd take the disciples and he'd take them away from the crowd and he would explain it to them. He, he, he taught them the scriptures consistently. And yet here in this moment, it says, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Like they had read it over and over and over. They had heard it over and over and over, but they didn't understand it, at least not in the way that Jesus opens their minds to understand it here and now. Have you ever read a scripture and all of a sudden it just it jumped off the page differently? All of a sudden that story that you've read, like you understand it in a new way, you know how to apply it to your life. That's what's happening here. This is what we call revelation. And this is the second thing that we can learn from the disciples is that revelation comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from our study. It doesn't come from our mind. It doesn't come from books or it doesn't come from any of that. It comes from Jesus. Now, we need to study. We need to use our minds. We need to develop and learn, but we cannot rely on that. Revelation comes from Jesus. It is when Jesus opens our minds to, for us to understand the scriptures that we understand in the levels and the depths that we understand. So if we, if we have next and it's our time to get in the game, then we need Jesus to open our minds to understand the scriptures, to understand his word. And we have to make sure that's where we're going for understanding. That's what we're relying on. That's what we're asking for. That's what we're seeking. So if you just open your Bible in the morning and you just start reading wherever it falls open, that may be a place that you have to start, but there needs to come a point in your preparation time before you're getting in the game, as you're getting in the game, where you actually go to Jesus and you ask Jesus for understanding. You ask God to reveal to you, what does he want you to read today? What does this mean? How do I apply it? What adjustments do I need to make? What, what do I need to stop doing? What do I need to start doing? What do I need to pray? What do I need to say? Like, like it, 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 it's, it's amazing whenever we stop relying on our own wisdom and our own intellect and our own perspectives and we open our hearts to allow Jesus to open our minds to help us understand the scriptures, how this will come alive to us. That those times that you can remember where you got revelation or the Bible, it just, it was different. It jumped off the page differently. You can live in that. This is why God says he doesn't want us to live by bread alone, but by every word of God. He wants this to come alive to you every time you open it. 
but we have to first realize that that only happens whenever we seek Jesus. Jesus is the one who reveals it. He's the one who opens our minds. So first of all, preparation time. The disciples, they, they had preparation time, and preparation time is not wasted time unless it turns into for all time, meaning you never apply it. Then we learn that revelation, we need revelation, but revelation comes from Jesus. And then we keep reading, it says, and he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name. Here's the third thing, the disciples had clear purpose. Jesus is making it really clear. Repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed, should be preached, should be taught, should be spoken in his name. Jesus always gives us clear purpose. We just don't always understand and hear and see the clear purpose, but he always gives us the clear purpose. It's always there available to us if we will invest in preparation time and we will rely on him for revelation. He has purpose for us and in us that he wants us to know. We just have to do our part to be able to hear, to be able to understand, to be able to see. Now we've talked about this before and, and, and I'm already running out of time, so really quickly, we all, if you're a believer in Jesus, there's, there's many purposes that we all have. And, and all of us have several purposes in common. Meaning, if you're a believer in Jesus, your, your purpose, first of all, is to bring glory to God is to praise God. It is to, to this umbrella of everything that we are and everything that we do should bring him glory, should bring him praise. And we should be uh, uh, living our lives and inviting and doing the things that need to be done to bring as many people under that umbrella as possible. Also, there's an umbrella of loving God with everything that we have and everything that we are. And that's a part of your purpose. Also, loving your neighbor as you love yourself. So these are these, these general uh, high-level purposes that God has created for all of us believers. And everything under that will fit under that umbrella. Meaning God is not going to give you a purpose that doesn't bring him glory. God's not going to give you a purpose that, that keeps you from loving him. He's not going to give you a purpose that keeps you from loving your neighbor or loving yourself. Also, he's not going to give you a purpose that doesn't involve you making disciples in some way or another. Then we get into more specific, detailed, where my purposes uh, differ from your purposes. I have, but I have many different purposes, just like you do. I have a purpose as a, a, a husband, I have a purpose as a father, I have a purpose as a son, as a brother, as an uncle. I have a lot of different purposes and I also have a purpose, and this is where many people talk about purpose, I have a purpose as a pastor. What, what, what many people would look at as calling or vocation. And that's where people focus. But listen, listen, if you're not sure about your specific vocation purpose, we can learn from the disciples in that, in that they, first of all, they had the big picture purposes. And if you'll just walk in the big picture purposes, if you'll be excellent in the big picture purposes of bringing God glory, of loving him with everything that you have, loving your neighbor as yourself, God will reveal to you those specific purposes in their time. Remember, revelation comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from matching up what you love to do and what you're good at. It comes from revelation from God. 
I gotta keep it moving. And, and be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Now listen to this, beginning from Jerusalem. And then he goes on, you are witnesses of these things and behold, I'm sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Now, now, now this is, this is interesting because God here gives very specific instructions to begin in Jerusalem. Now this is, this is, um, uh, this is straight from Jesus' mouth. Start in Jerusalem. Don't, you know, begin there. Now, if you, if you finish this chapter, then they actually go out of Bethany. They, they go out and they worship Jesus. They go to Jerusalem and they were continually blessing God in the temple, in the church, if you will. But these are specific instructions that Jesus gives to begin in Jerusalem. We actually also see that in the book of Acts. Uh, go over to Acts chapter one. Let me read a few verses in Acts chapter one, this is uh, somewhat of a continuation of the gospel of Luke because Luke wrote the book of Acts. So uh, Luke chapter 24 is the end of Luke. And then here we have Acts chapter one, uh, Luke's next writing, if you will. It says, in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Not all Jesus did and taught, but what he began to do and teach. Like he just scratched the surface of what Jesus did and what Jesus taught. Until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. So here again, we see that Jesus clearly gave the disciples specific instructions to wait in Jerusalem. So they had preparation time, they had revelation, they had purpose, and now they have specific instructions. Listen, the Bible is amazing. It is powerful. It, it gives you so much of what you need but it doesn't tell you everything. It doesn't tell you which way to drive home after church, where to go eat after church. It doesn't tell you who to marry and who not to marry. It gives you some parameters, some very strong parameters, but it doesn't tell you this person or that person. The, 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 the sweet spot of the blessing, the sweet spot of contentment, of fulfillment, of power, of grace, of mercy, the sweet spot is in the specific instructions. This is what the disciples had. They had specific instructions. It's great to know that you shouldn't lie. It is better to know what you should say in any given moment. We have to learn to hear God's voice to be able to know these specific instructions because, man, if you will live in these specific instructions, this is what Jesus lived in. This is why the Bible tells us that he only did what he saw the Father do and he only said what he heard the Father say because he didn't just live in scriptural instruction. He lived in specific instruction. And man, that's the sweet spot. That's the powerful spot to live right there. That, 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 that's the spot where you're on Facebook looking for a house. Like, that doesn't even make sense, at least not to me, right? Like, like that, that, that's the spot where, where I have no reason to go over there. I have no reason to talk to that person. But you go there, you talk to that person, and all of a sudden your entire life changes. That's the sweet spot 
of specific instruction from God. And the disciples, they, they learned that, they heard that, they saw that, they walked in that. And we keep reading in Acts chapter one, and it says, where did I leave off there? And it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses, you will be my storytellers in Jerusalem, the very place that God told him to go and wait, those specific instructions. That's where it begins, that's where it starts. Jerusalem was a city, a city full of a, a lot of Jewish people. Here, here God is saying, the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my storytellers, you will be my witnesses, you will tell everybody about this in Jerusalem with a city that's predominantly Jewish. But he doesn't stop there. And in all Judea, Judea was a Jewish region, so now it's expanding, this is larger territory, this is more people, but it's still predominantly Jewish. And this is the controversial one. And Samaria, specifically Samaria, because this is not a Jewish people. These are the Samaritans that the Jews looked down upon and the Jewish people thought were less than and not worthy. And God specifically gives them specific instructions to go to that group and be his storytellers, be his witnesses, give them the gospel and to the end of the earth. I gotta say this before I make my last point, but, but it is so clear from Genesis to Revelation that God is not in and he has no delight and no pleasure in the division, especially the division within the church and within the American church. This separation specifically along racial and ethnic lines on Sunday mornings, does not please God in the slightest. At all, unequivocally, no doubt about it. A, a big part of the power and the mystery of the New Testament is Jews and Gentiles worshiping the same God. Let, let me say it a different way. Black people and white people worshiping the same God at the same time. Hispanic people and Asian people coming together and worshiping the same God at the same time. Democrats and Republicans being able to worship God because God is more important than our political affiliations. Conservatives and liberals being able to love the same Jesus and therefore love each other. The disciples, it took them a long time to, to get this. Matter of fact, I'm not sure Peter ever, ever got it. <laughs> but the, the last key to this for us to have next and get in the game is also the key to the division in our country and in the body of Christ. And that's right here in Acts chapter one, verse eight. It is you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, we can't get in the game, we can't succeed, we can't have next, not, not fully, not completely, not the way that God wants us to if we're not operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
You can have all the preparation time. You can have all the revelation. You can have all the understanding of purpose. But if you don't have, you can even have the specific instructions. But if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, then when you get in the game, you're not gonna be as strong. You're not gonna be as successful. You're not gonna win the way that God wants you to win. And this is our season. If you go to Acts chapter two, they're, they're all in one place, unified, unified. It says that there were people from every nation, a representation of every tongue in the place. And the Holy Spirit comes and the power of the Holy Spirit comes and there was such unity and power that it literally changed the world and changed the future of the world. God is saying this is our time, this is our season as believers, as people who follow Jesus, we got next and it's time for us to play the game. It's time for us to step up. It's time for us to apply the preparation time that God has already invested in us. It's time for us to get revelation, not from our wisdom, not even from a pastor or a teacher, but from Jesus. It is time for us to understand and recognize purpose, get the specific instructions that God has given to you, and then with the power of the Holy Spirit, get in the game and win the game. That's where we're at right now. We're not just returning back to normal. We're not just coming back to church and to, to, to being able to go to restaurants and all that. Like, no, it's not just going back to normal. There was a game that was played. The game is over. We got next. Are we gonna go into that game and just play it the way that the last team played it? Because they got beat. That's why they're not playing anymore. When you got next, you play the winner. You don't play the loser. Are we gonna go in and apply our preparation and our revelation and our purpose and our specific instructions and most importantly, the power of the Holy Spirit so that God can use us to win the game. That's the choice we gotta make. But I'm telling you by the Holy Spirit that this is the time, this is the season right now. Don't go back to normal just to go back to normal. Don't, don't, this is an opportunity. A game has finished. We are stepping in. Let's step in in the fullness of what God wants us to do. Let's no longer rely on the traditions of men because the tradition of man makes the power of God of none effect. And anything you're trying to do without the power of God is going to have none effect. It's not good English, but you know what I mean. Let's make sure we are people that man, we're ready. We're ready to get in the game. We're ready to play the game. And we're ready to see God win the game. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.